0: ready to give your fur baby the absolute best life possible and live your very best life too break free from the chains of the physical mental and emotional challenges that can limit you and your pets to feeling stuck and struggling and instead finally experience what you are both meant to a life unleashed how might a good walk go bad? Now, this one is especially for pet parents of pullers. Those dogs that just do not know where the end of the leash is, and they're pretty sure it's another football field that way. We all know the ones. Some of us love them and own them. So now that spring has sprung, hopefully, officially, if, if you're familiar with at least the St. Louis region where I'm at, we have about three false winters uh, and a good three or four false springs before spring finally sets in for all of two weeks and then we're straight into summer. But for now, spring has sprung officially. And warmer weather leads to our pups having spring fever and a whole hoop and bunch more energy. And we are finally ready to be outside again because it's not gross. And it is time to get more walkies in with our fur babies. Heck yes! They're rearing to go, you're rearing to go, and then they rear a little too hard. And that good walk goes bad can lead to an absolute dog disaster especially for pullers and that dog disaster can happen at either end of the leash on theirs or yours so what do you need to look out for what can go bad on that good walk and what can you do whether it's gone bad already to get things back to a better place or to keep things at that good place on that good walk so let's look especially at gear to start off with. What is your dog wearing down that fashionable runway known as your neighborhood? A lot of our dogs are in standard collars, just your typical regular old collar. It's usually got their tags attached to it. It's got their, their leash clip to it. it goes around their neck, basic, basic collar, now, what can happen with our pullers? Most of us are well aware, one, they like to lean into that collar so hard that they cough and they wheeze because they're compressing their windpipe and they just won't stop. And it's like, if you would just stop pulling, you could breathe, dude, chill. But they don't. However, the the challenge there, they usually won't pull hard enough to actually damage their windpipe. I, I say usually because someone will prove me wrong. There has got to be plenty of pups out there who have done it, I'm sure. Most of them will not pull quite that hard to actually damage the tissues of the trachea. But what can happen in standard collars, and I've seen this too many times in my own pup clients, is they're going along on their walk, they're doing great, and then they see little bunny foo, foo across the street, and they take off real quick quick start, quick stop, because they find the end of the leash. And again, it's about a football field back from where they thought it was. And I have seen pups get whiplash, just like you get in your car accidents, because you know, you're know you driving and then all of a sudden you're not. That sudden stop at the end can cause challenges, cause injury in the spine, especially in the neck. And I've also seen some back injuries of some pups that took off so fast and stopped so short that they ended up flipping backwards and landing on their back or landing on their pelvis, like on their tail. Ow. I have also seen the occasion where... Okay, this one actually happened in my past. This is where I'm remembering this. It's coming to mind as I'm thinking of it. We had our our wonderful doofy dog, Shadow. He was a Cocker Spaniel, uh, Schnauzer mix, looked like a lab puppy with a beard. Not the brightest crayon. <laughs> He was loaded up in our van. We were driving out to go on a camping trip and the van door came open and he decided to jump out of it, but got his collar caught on the latch. So he was fine. There was a quick human intervention, but sometimes our pups take a flying leap out of a vehicle. Hopefully, it's not moving, but they can get their collar snagged on something. This is why a lot of folks recommend breakaway collars. P.S. We didn't have those back in the day. This was in the ancient times where seatbelts were a suggestion. But now we know better. Now we can do better. So, a lot of us with pulling pups have stepped away from standard collars. There's still some instances where we still have them. Okay. What if you've moved on to a harness? What can go wrong on a good walk and turn it into a bad time? with a harness, especially for our pullers, harnesses can encourage even more pulling. What? Yeah. If you look at a harness, most of them are designed with a broad contact area across the dog's sternum, across their chest, or sometimes even across their shoulders, And this gives them more service area to lean their entire body weight into and gives them a whole hoop a bunch more leverage. This is how sled dog rigs are made and designed so that a team of dogs can pull a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of dumb people. So... When you put a puller into a harness, especially if it's the kind that the leash clips onto the back of the harness. Yeah, you just made your dog a sled dog. Now they've got so much more leverage and they can throw so much more power into pulling you down the street. And what can happen when that happens is yes, now they are encouraged to have less manners and pull even harder. And when they do, if they have a quick takeoff, they can hurt your shoulder and yank that sucker where it is not supposed to go. Ow. And if their harness does not fit them correctly, if that point of contact is down more on their humerus, which would be our upper arm uh, below that shoulder joint instead of up above it, that can actually injure their shoulders too, because that part of their body is not meant to take that much power. And that much force, I should say, from all of the power of them pulling into that harness. So we talked about standard collars. We've talked about harnesses. Here's something a lot of us don't consider. What leash are you using with your dog? If you're using a retractable leash, you know, the kind that you push a button and it winds up tighter or you push a button and it it goes out longer. I can never remember if you push the button to make it longer and hold it to make it sure. Sh- however, it works. Those retractable leashes. Ugh, oh, they are probably the worst piece of gear you can have if you have a puller. Why is that? Because it is it undermines any boundaries you have established around your walk. And boundaries. Bless every situation. We are supposed to have healthy boundaries in all aspects of our lives, especially the boundary of how far our pup is expected to be able to get away from us. They need to know, because you're a pack leader, they need to know from you how far they're allowed to go and how close they need to stay. When you have a retractable leash, those rules don't exist because they don't know what to expect. They don't know if this time they pull, if they're going to have a six foot leash, or if the next time they pull, they're going to have a 30 foot leash. So what ends up happening is in our puppy psychology, they say to themselves, well, one time I pulled and I had a lot more leash. This time it's not happening. So maybe, maybe I just need to pull harder. Maybe if I pull more, this is the secret to getting more leash. So they keep pulling and it encourages them to pull more. And the danger happens when they get further away from you, you have less control over the situation. If something happens and you need to bring them back close to you for your safety, their safety, or someone else's safety, you can't do that very easily with a retractable leash. They are stronger than the spring that recoils that lead. I guarantee it. If they are 30 feet away from you and you need to pull them back very quickly, it's not going to happen. You got a 30-foot leash. You're going to have to deal with that. The closer your dog is to your body, the more control you have over the situation. I'm not saying you need to keep an iron fist on them. Absolutely not. You can have a healthy, relaxed walk, even if they're staying right next to you. But if you heaven forbid, something happens and you need to get them close to you and have control over whatever the situation might be. It's a whole lot easier to do it if they're closer to you. And psychologically, subconsciously, they have a clearer understanding of where the boundary is. How far away from you are they allowed to get? So they're a little less likely to pull quite as often or quite as hard if they know where that limit is. Last thing to know about leashes is how you are holding that leash. Let's say you ditched the retractable leash. Thank you. Yay. Great. You got a standard leash now. It's a one fixed length. Fantastic. What if that leash needs to be a little shorter? Maybe you need to to bring your dog in a little bit closer. Maybe you're walking down a narrow sidewalk and there's another dog walking past. We just need to, to keep our, ourselves close to each other what have you. Let's say you need to to wind that leash up a little bit. What I see so many folks do with standard leashes is they will wrap the extra leash around their hand, sometimes two or three times. The challenge there, and you know where this is going. If your dog takes off real hard and you're not expecting it, you can actually get your hand crushed by that leash tightening up if you've wrapped it around your hands. Ow. And now you're hurt and you're not going to be able to be there and be that strong leader for your pup because you got to take care of yourself. (laughs) So instead of wrapping extra leash around your hand, what's safer and smarter to do is to hold your leash like horse folks hold the lead for a horse. They know not to wrap it around their hand because they're going to get hurt. Instead, you want to take your leash and wind it back and forth, either like a folding fan Or like you would wind up the the extra cords behind your TV and hold that whole bundle in your hand instead of wrapping it around and around and around. If you need a visual of this, reach out to me. I'll I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a quick video. But you want to hold that whole excess in your hand in a tight fist instead of around your hand. Yes, if they take off really fast, you might lose a coil or two of that lead before you get a good grip on it again okay, that's fine. Your hand's not broken. <laughs> so your your pup got a little further away from you. You still have two functioning hands to get control over the situation. Now, what can you do if the situation, if the good walk has already gone bad? One of these scenarios that we went over has already happened. First, get them to the vet or get yourself to the human vet, also known as your doctor, to get checked out. Make sure there's no fractures. Make sure there's nothing torn and needing medical intervention. Okay. After that, get both of you into a gentle chiropractor to make sure all of those joints and muscles are functioning at their very best. Once we've ruled out the big scary things that need medical intervention, now let's look at the next layer down of getting things back to functioning like they should. Your joints are like your sliding closet door. They should glide easily back and forth. Sometimes something happens like stumbling over the shoe that the kid left in the floor at three o'clock in the morning when you get up to go to the bathroom and you fall into the closet door. And now the door's kind of off track. The door isn't completely dislocated. The door is not in the next room over. It's still where it belongs, kind of, but it sure isn't functioning like it should. It's grinding. It's squealing. It's really hard to move it. That is where chiropractors come in to get things back on track, literally, and moving and functioning at their very best so that you can be your very best and your pup can be at their very best. And to keep that good walk, staying good, instead of going bad at all in the first place, Mm -hmm. let's do some prevention with making sure you've got the right gear, making sure your pet is in the correct collar or harness for their body type and their behavior. So some pups have more of a uh, anatomy structure where they need a completely different type of collar. Like greyhounds, they need a special collar. Other dogs that have those very long, very thin necks need something different. If you've got a big muscly dog that really likes to pull hard, maybe putting them in a front clipping harness is a better idea. It's going to vary per pet. So check with your pet specialist, whether that's your vet, your animal Cairo, or your trainer to make sure they're in the right gear. And while you're at it, ditch the retractable leash and get a standard leash so we can make sure that they've got those good boundaries. And the second tip of how to keep that good walk good is to make sure not only are they in the correct gear, but that you've got the correct behavior. So try some obedience training for both you and your pet, because consistency is key. Your fur baby is looking at you to be the leader of the situation. You are lead dog, not in a uh, an overbearing uh, The word isn't coming to me correctly. Uh, (laughs) It'll come to me after I finish this recording, but not in an overbearing, demeaning way. You're not like a control freak here, but you have control over the situation. They're looking to you for strong, confident leadership so that they can be strong, confident dogs. Consistency is how you do that. You are the leader and you need to be there for them to support them in being their very best by leading by a very good example that is consistent and the same every walk so they know what to expect and they can be their best selves. If you need some assistance, especially on the animal chiropractic side or the human chiropractic side, or you need some tips of how to customize this for you and your pup, reach out to me. Let's chat on the phone. Give me a phone call or a text at 636-751-3150 or shoot me an email. The link is in the show notes. And let's see if I'm the right fit to help you and your pup. In the meantime, go out, enjoy this beautiful, hopefully finally spring weather and make sure you're being that strong leader for your pup because they're really looking to you to keep everything safe and happy and keep that good walk from going bad. Go out and enjoy it. All right, guys. Until next time, have a good one. So what do you most need to know right now to help you or your pets live a life unleashed? Send your questions and suggestions for topics you would love to learn about to dr.vicky at completewellnesscc.com or follow the link in the show notes. It's time to break free from what's holding you and your pets back and live a life unleashed.